All right. Well, good morning. Good to see you all this morning. My name's Jordan. I'm one of the pastors here. What a fun time to be able to send Patrick and Heather out. Man, I'm so proud of, of Patrick and Heather. And um, I know John said that I've had a chance to invest in him, but man, I can't tell you how many ways Patrick and Heather bless me with their example and their life and how much I learned just from, from them. So uh, I, I want to go ahead and pray for us, and then I want to dive in, if that's all right with y'all. Lord God, we love you. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for a chance to open your word. God, I pray that uh, you would move mightily in the rest of this service, God, that you'd move mightily in our hearts, that you would, um, that you would uh, help us to see your word clearly. God, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I need a volunteer real quick. Somebody who has uh, Landon, you're going to be my lucky volunteer. I just, we made eye contact. That's just how it works, okay? You, uh, Landon, you have been here for right at a year, maybe a little less. Okay. Uh, what would you say are the, when, when I say the core ministries of Connection Church, if you were to say, like, we have a blank ministry and a blank ministry. What would, what are, and when you think of Connection Church, what are our core ministries? College, absolutely. Equipping, praise God, you remembered me. Kids, okay, anything else? Throw, throw a little students in there, absolutely, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, thank you, that's perfect. I love it when a volunteer validates my illustration. This is great. Um, so um, I'd say for myself, that's, that's sort of my experience. Maybe w w raise your hand if you'd say that's kind of maybe kids and students, college, uh, maybe some type of adult education, uh, you know, something like that. Raise your hand if you've, that's been pretty much your experience with the types of ministries that churches have. That's, that's been my experience. Uh, so a few of you, cool. Uh, so that has been my experience. My experience is a lot of churches that, that I went to growing up, even, you know, everything from a, a Baptist church, a Methodist church, a, a, a non-denominational church, whatever it might be. That's sort of the, the, the things that we do, right? We have some kids ministry. We have some student ministry. We have some, some type of adult education, be it Sunday school or a small group. Or uh, for us, we have growth challenges. That's, that's fairly uh, consistent with, with a lot of what uh, we have to offer. But then if you were to think about this other thing, if I were to say missions or missionaries, my experience pri primarily has been we kind of move that thing along through preaching. We preach some sermons about it. We talk about it. We encourage it for sure. But the, the extent to which you experience missions, or for me, before I was on staff at a church, the primary way that I experienced missions was we preached about it on Sundays. We talked about it from time to time. Somebody every now and then would stand up and say, you know what, time for me to move to Zimbabwe. And that was sort of my experience of, of missions, right? Or, hey, I'm, I'm moving to the Middle East or I'm moving to uh, some other part of the world, Southeast Asia. And that was kind of it. That was sort of the experience, like for me, sitting in the audience watching the extent to which I ex experienced their transformation, their journey, their, like the extent to which I got to participate in it was I got to hear about it through a sermon. And so the question that I ask myself that I want to talk about this morning a little bit is, um, 
Is that how we are meant to experience missions? Is that how we're meant to experience the dynamic of someone giving up a significant portion of their time to go and tell other people about Jesus? Uh, Does that accurately reflect what our church experience should be? Should we experience more of this sending aspect, right? So this morning we had the chance to send Patrick and Heather to another church this in our family of churches to go and be a pastor, to go and minister to those people, to go and do ministry. Is that the extent to which you and I can experience sending? It's just when someone else does it. Or is there a lot more that we need to experience? My answer that I want to try to convince us of this morning is that sending requires a lot more than a couple sermons and it being experienced in someone else's life. So the extent to which we shouldn't just be experiencing sending through Patrick and Heather or through the next person that God calls to go to another part of the world or the next person that God raises up and sends to plant a church. We are all sent. We are all, and this is where we'll get to at the end, we are all church planters. And that's what I wanna try to convince you of this morning. Uh, Sending requires a lot more than a couple sermons. It requires strategy, it requires systems, but it also requires the Holy Spirit. Back to my original question of our volunteer, if you were to look at the founding documents of Connection Church, this is, this is what I, I, I hope really brings this front and center for you. It is, is totally reasonable that, hey, the main things that I experience at our church is kids, we drop our kids off at Connection Kids, uh, connect groups or some version of equipping or some aspect of students or some aspect of college, But think about this with me. In the founding documents, like when we're writing the core vision of who we're gonna be as a church, this is deciding the DNA of everything that we're gonna do and everything that we're gonna be is we are gonna be a church that plants churches. So on par with your experience of having a kid in Connection Kids, we need to be experiencing church planting. On par with you having a student in student ministry, student, as on par with you experiencing being in student ministry, you need to experience church planting. Parent, on par with you sending your kid to college, we are being sent into the world. We are being sent out of our relationship with Jesus to be an ambassador for the name of Jesus. And it's not just church planting, it's, it's global missions as well. Church planting is a core strategy of what we do. It is on par with Connection Kids, with Connection Students, with Connection College, with equipping. It's equally important in the life of our church to have a a understanding of what we mean by sending. And so today I want to emphasize how the Spirit of Jesus compels us all to participate in sending, if that makes sense. I, I believe based off of God's word, that he has a heart for all of us. And in fact, it's just normal, basic Christianity that we all participate in this thing called sending. And then I want to do my best to unpack and explain how that fits as a strategy in what we do. So what is sending then? Uh, 
I'll start here and just kind of uh, admit sinning is, feels a little bit like this Christianese word for this very normal reality. So if I, if I were to lay it out as, as plain and as neatly as possible, I would look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So in this scene, if you want to turn there, it, hopefully it's going to be on your screen. Uh, this is a scene where, where Jesus is resurrected from the dead. And he, the, the writer of Acts tells us that Luke spent, an ex, or sorry, that Jesus spent an extended period of time, about 40 so, or so days, just with the disciples after he's resurrected from the dead, before he ascends into heaven. And what he says to them is really important. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So here's, here's, here's what sending is. Sending is the normal strategy of every Christian to represent Jesus right where they are. Sending is the normal strategy. This is Jesus' strategy to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. Our sermon series is until every person knows. We look at Habakkuk 2.14. We see this verse where Habakkuk says uh, the, the world will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. And we look at that verse and we believe in faith that God is going to be faithful to that promise. So sending then is not this exceptional thing for exceptional people. It's a normal thing for every follower of Jesus. Sending is the normal strategy of every, every Christian to represent Jesus right where they are. Whatever industry you work in, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, if you're a mechanic, if you a realtor. Sorry, I saw Paul. And I had, I'm just running out of industries here. Whatever industry you find yourself in, you are to represent Jesus in that space. That's the normal means of sending. But so often what we get it confused with is this special, uh, this special task for special people. And those special people we tend to call missionaries. We lump them off from the body and say, hey, this aspect of Acts 1-8, of Matthew 28, of all of these verses that have to do with representing Jesus in the world. We're going to give you a job title and a job description, and you're going to go carry the weight of that, and we'll pray for you, and we'll give money to that, but you go be the ambassador, and we're going to hang out here. Instead of it being a special task for special people, it is indeed a special task for normal people. We are simple witnesses to the Jesus that we have encountered and we have committed to follow. Like Billy preached several weeks ago, Jesus has always been in the business of commissioning his people to make fishers of men, to go out and to call people into this following relationship with Jesus. But I want to say this, what we're talking about is really hard. It's really tough. It's understandable why this would not feel like the thing that's at the forefront of our mind every time we think about our church experience. You know, it's sort of like the, the software running in the background. You don't necessarily see it when you're looking at the computer, but it's what's running that's keeping the thing moving. 
this missionary DNA, this sending DNA, this representing Jesus all over the world, this is, this is what's running in the back of my mind. It's, it's, what, it's, it's the mission that Jesus is using in each of our hearts, regardless of how aware we are of it. So how do we transition from it just being this software that's running in the back of our mind, that's moving us along through the power of the Holy Spirit, to it being the thing that we do on purpose? I understand it's, it's, we have jobs, we have, we have health situations, we have family, we have goals, we have hobbies. We come in on Sunday and it's, it's, it's a miracle if we just get the kids checked into KK and make it to our seat before the first song, right? It's understandable why this, it's hard to make space in our minds and in our hearts for unreached people groups that are on the other side of the world. Talk about something that's completely out of sight and out of mind right? Or how do I participate in being sent into the world? How do I cultivate that in my own heart and life? It's understandable why that would be not at the most forefront of our mind. But my heart for us as a church this morning is to share that until we begin participating in the sent, God, this mic is killing me right now. Until we begin to ourselves, me and you personally, until we begin to participate in the sent nature of Jesus for ourselves, our picture of him will be incomplete. The puzzle pieces of our life will not fit together the way that we deeply want them to. Until the puzzle pieces of, of, of life include this sent nature of Jesus it will be an incomplete picture. I was thinking about this this week. Uh, the kids were downstairs playing in, in our little playroom that we got for them, and McClendon began to, uh, she wanted to, to use a puzzle or play with a puzzle, use a puzzle. She wanted to play with a puzzle, and she was starting to put the puzzle pieces together, and of course, my kid chooses not the like 17 piece, really large puzzle that's kind of obvious. She chooses this little tiny frozen puzzle with intricate details and then tosses the box to the other side of the room. And so she's sitting there and she's got like seven or eight pieces put together. And I was like, that's actually kind of impressive. My kid's five. And so she's got a few pieces together, but she runs up the stairs like, daddy, I can't figure out how all these puzzle pieces fit together. And I got to thinking about that this week of, of, it's so easy when we're trying to put all of these pieces of life together to have an incomplete picture of the whole thing. And of course, the first thing I did with my daughter was, all right, you wanna put this puzzle piece together? Where's the box? Where's the picture? And so for us as followers of Jesus, as we're trying to put the puzzle pieces of life together, are we using the box? Are we using the, the, this is what I believe. You can take me at my word or you can, you can not. I believe that God has given us in his word an accurate, complete picture of how our life's pieces are meant to fit together. And then the question is, do we believe that? And are we, so, and here's the other magical part of this illustration. Just because McClendon had the box didn't mean the puzzle magically assembled itself. She still had to sit there and work at it and figure it out. And of course, the first place you start with any puzzle is at the corners or on the edges, right? 
Well, for us, this is what's so magical about this, this relationship with Jesus is that we have to start with him in the center. This is my encouragement to you, and, and I'm way off my notes at this point. But this is my, if you got nothing else out of this, this is what I firmly believe for every aspect of your life. If you will take Jesus and make this radical faith determination, I'm going to put Jesus at the center of this puzzle. And I don't know how all these other pieces are going to fit together. I don't know how all of this is going to come together. In fact, my health feels more overwhelming than anything else in my life. My career is more demanding than you could ever imagine. My hobbies, I've got a lot of them, and they mean a lot to me. But by faith, I'm going to put Jesus at the center of this puzzle, and I'll figure everything else out around it. If you will do that, your life will come together in a beautiful way than is never even possible if you leave Jesus on the edge. Guys, if we put all the other puzzle pieces at the center, at the edges, try to focus on all those other things and assemble that first and keep trying to crowd Jesus around the edge, it's always going to be an incomplete picture of life. Until we have both a complete picture of Jesus like this and also put Jesus at the center, the picture of life will not be complete. And this is what I'm trying to compel us in the direction of this morning is that until we include the sending nature of Jesus for your life, for my life, for every follower of Jesus' life. Look, the mission started with the 12, but clearly it expanded. And it didn't just expand through people who preach. It expanded through every follower of Jesus. Until we include the sending nature of Jesus at the, at, as an essential picture of Jesus, the picture is always going to be incomplete. Think about this. Even if I have Jesus at the center of this puzzle, and I'm starting to put some pieces around it. If I slice off this other part that includes sending, it, is, it can still be a beautiful picture, but it will not be complete. And I want us to experience all of Jesus. I want you to experience everything that Jesus has for us as people. If we will do this and include the sending nature of Jesus, I think we will have a more accurate and a more fulfilling life. So where do we see sending in the Bible? Where do we see sending in the Bible? We see it in lots of places. In fact, I would say it's, one of, it's probably one of the top three biggest themes in all of Scripture. The fact that God, from the moment sin enters the world, has been on a journey to try to redeem us and save us from sin. And to not just do that for a few people, but to do that for all people. That is the major thread of the entire Bible. But where do we see this in the life of church activity? As it relates to you, as you show up week after week, as you participate, as you serve, as you give, as you're in connect groups, where do we see this sending aspect of things 
uh, in Scripture. Let's look at Acts 13, 1 through 3. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off. Set apart Paul and Barnabas, and they prayed and they sent them out. This is, this is the, a picture of the churches assembled. Its leaders are assembled and they're praying. And the Holy Spirit just speaks and moves in the midst of that. And it sets apart their best. What we would look back, obviously, with Paul and say, man, hard to lose Paul from the lineup. And they set him apart and sent him and Barnabas out. And this has always been my contention with this verse. It is not just Paul and Barnabas who were now sent. It is everybody else assembled there. Everybody else that is rattled off in that Barnabas, Simeon who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean. All of these guys are also sent. The only difference is their geography didn't change. But this sending nature, is, it's a part of everything we do, right? We do this through heart and soul. You come and say, I am committed to following Jesus every day for the rest of my life. And I don't want to just do that anywhere. I want to do that here. So through that, we receive you 